myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words that maybe Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, it's the transfer show with me and Joe Walker. Good evening, Joe. Evening, gentlemen. Are we well? Yep, good to see you, mate. And delighted to welcome Sean Casey. And I've been watching Sean on Loaded Mag, so make sure you give the lads Loaded Mag uh, a follow. I've also uh, watched Sean on Twitter uh, on quite a regular basis. Most of you will know that I tend to not really comment on all of this transfer business, but we've decided to do a transfer show in the summer. So welcome to you, Sean. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, great to have you on, mate. And uh, before before we start delving into the transfers, just give our viewers a little bit of a background on yourself, Sean. You, you know, you're quite prolific on Twitter. Um, you know, you talk transfers, you you give your views, you, you give any updates on, on stuff that you might have heard. And I've got to be perfectly honest, I haven't watched you now for the last uh, few months. You know, a lot of the stuff you see is, is, is pretty on the money. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you decided to put your head above the parapet, as I call it, and 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 you know come onto the timeline and, and start giving your views like that. And how have you found it? Do you know what? Um, back I'd say it was about a year and a half ago. I'd say when the takeover and stuff started kicking off, and I had good information on it, but I never put it out there. And I was there one day, and I was like, "Fuck it!" Like you know, you like I was seeing fans and the stress it was caused, and then just the anxiety that the fan base has developed over years of Ashley anyway. And I had good information about where the takeover was heading, so I put something out there. And uh, it was actually early in the morning. I just put a tweet out there, and it was just saying, "Look, this and this is going to happen, and this is the this is the course it's going to take." And um, there was a there was another. I was I actually I was climbing Caron Tool there, it's a mountain in uh, in Ireland. So I sent a tweet, went away, and came back eight hours later, and I had about a thousand new followers. So I think it was Motor the Time or whichever. That was after retweeting, saying that great information. And it just spiraled down from there. So people asked, started asking questions and I started answering them. And it's never something I wanted to do because, being honest with you, you know, when you when you talk about transfers and you talk about like the time that we spent on Rashi and stuff like that, the anxiety in the fan base is absolutely crazy. Like, you know, because the caveat on Rashley was that you miss out on your target number one, which would be Lacazette, you end up with Emmanuel Revere. You know, so we're always expecting that disappointment. So if you go on Twitter with bad news, it's accepted a lot better than good news is. You know, and that, that's crazy. Like, you know, so my information at the start, I, I actually had a loose link to the club um, trying to get tickets when I was younger because coming on from Ireland and back and stuff like that, I traveled over a bit when I was younger, kind of, I did a couple of journeys by myself, got into conversations with a fella. He said, look, I can get your tickets, whatever. And ended up a relative of his was actually fairly well involved in football. Like, and I just got information from there. And then I started putting out there how have I found it. Um, you have to have a thick skin for it. Being honest with you, because the, the reactions there, it's never good. Like, you know, being honest with you, you know, if you, I put out a tweet now when I walk away from it, being honest with you, look, like I put out the information that I get and I walk away from it. And if I look at it and if it's, if it's a lot of nonsense, I don't get into a back and forth with trolls and stuff like that and with negative people. So to annoy them, I put up a couple of emojis and, you know, cryptic tweets and then I just leave them strewn for about 24 hours and they go absolutely nuts. Like, so that's my way of kind of firing back because I'm not a confrontational person. Like, it's not in my nature. So I just wrote a tweet and let them wallow in it. Like, you know, throw an old freelance journalist on your bio. That really drives them nuts. Like, you know, so look, it is what it is. That's why I have my fun with it. But look, I think going forward because it, being on this platform and being unloaded and because of the following I have, you know, I think I'm about seven or 8,000 followers. 
uh, I am going to be a lot more responsible with my tweets, you know, because I'm targeting the people that don't follow me, the negative people, rather than the people that actually spend the time to go onto Twitter and check out my account. So I will go on forward, and I do apologise to the people if I have annoyed in my tweets or any of that. But going forward, my, my tweets will be a lot more above board, let's say. At Casey Sean 51 is where you will find Sean. Uh, give him a follow tonight. Uh, well worth following. Um, as you say, he doesn't uh, he doesn't you know mess around and um you've heard what he you know what he does and how he does it. So if you if you like that kind of thing, give him a follow. It's always worth uh you know keeping an eye on what he's got to say. Colin Wilson then gives us uh, uh, a message here and says, Good evening, all Dan Ashworth's now at the Premier League clearance start work is our director of football. Let's see how good his gardening leave has been. And yeah. Dan Ashworth, uh, after probably the most, well, the worst kept secret in football, uh, has now finally joined us at Newcastle United. Obviously, came from Brighton. Uh, just a few sound bites from the man himself. He says, Newcastle United's an incredible football club. I'm delighted to be joining at this very exciting time. Each time I've been to St James's Park in the past, I've been reminded of the club's long history and the unrivaled passion of its fan base. It's a huge football club with great potential and I'm incredibly positive about what we can collectively achieve. I'm excited to start work immediately and look forward to being part of a team that is helping the club to grow and achieve long-term success. Joe, what's your views on uh, that opening gambit from the man who is hopefully going to shape the future of Newcastle United in the long term now? I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic, Steve. I think I, um, as we talked about at the beginning of last week's show, for me, this is arguably the signing of the summer for us. Um, to have somebody who worked not only in football but at the top end of football, you know, this guy's elite in what he does. Um, you know, to to come to Newcastle, and I think he's absolutely at the nail on the head. He's gone straight for the fans. He's targeted the fans straight away. He's talking about the club. He's talking about us. Um, so, you know, in terms of an opening statement, it's been a fantastic start. And, uh, you know, yes, he's been on garden leave. You cannot tell me that he hasn't been you know, sharing the odd text here and there with people at the club in terms of kind of where we need to go, what we need to be looking at and who we need to sign. Um, so the hope is that, yes, he's there now. Yes, the Premier League have finally give us kind of permission to do something that we wanted to do, which is nice. Um, so hopefully, let's get on with it now. Um, you know, and I think we should start to call it the Ashworth era um, because I think it's a fantastic sign. And so I'm over the moon. Yeah, uh, Sean, it's, as I said, it is the worst kept secret in football and, and he's here now and he's got a job to do, hasn't he? And, and, and he has had success, obviously, at international level with England. The development that he, he, he you know, he had down, um, you know, at St George's Park was fantastic. And, you know, the team came, came oh so close, the international team came oh so close to, to winning something. Uh, still haven't got the monkey off our back from 1966, of course. But um, with regards to club football, he completely transformed Brighton, Sean. It's is Joe right? Is this the potential signing of the summer? But it's it's even Brighton and West Brom. You know, he's done he's done an absolutely fantastic job. This isn't you know, like I always say, the most or the most important person in the history of Newcastle is probably Amanda Stavely at the moment because of where she's going to bring the club. But the appointment of Dan Ashworth is absolutely incredible. You know how they managed to pull it off. You know, like he was he turned down Man United to come to Newcastle as well. You know, he believes in the project so. Whatever they sold him, you know, and the vision that they sold him must be incredible because like he's 
we, we probably won't see a whole lot of him, being honest with you, as a fan base. I think, for now, I think that the likes of Amanda and Meredad and Eddie Howe and stuff like that, they're taking a break from things. You know, I'd say they've had a crazy January, and since the takeover and stuff like that, they've been working on the clock to make sure the club stayed up. So I think for now, and what I've got is that he, he has, he's getting his hands dirty at the moment, he's getting involved in transfers and stuff like that, but after this transfer window, we probably won't hear from him again. You know, and that's being honest with you, he'll work in the background. He'll understand what Eddie Howe's vision is, what the vision of the owners is, and he'll work back from the first team. He'll make sure that the under-8s are playing the same football that Eddie Howe's playing in the senior team, and that transcends through the whole club. You know, like his like how his, his vision of football and stuff, and I don't know if any of you have ever, ever read the book Soccernomics, it's um, it's where they target areas with the with economic crisis and stuff like that, where, you know, players that come from a diverse background, they always end up almost being the best players. That's something that he embodies, you know, and it's it's Arsene Wenger's philosophy as well. And that's something that you see as well with the players coming through at um at Brighton at the moment, you know, the likes of your Basumas and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's he's he spots a character. He doesn't go out and actually scope players a lot, but he'll put in place a team of maybe six, seven people under him, like he done at Brighton, and they will be the key. You know, he'll put in people that he trusts and they'll work within his vision. So I think it's incredibly exciting times, you know, where this club is going. It's it's unbelievable, like, isn't it? It is. No, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, we're hoping uh, that it's going to be a, as good a transfer window that we had in uh, January. And, and yeah, I, I said this at the outset, you know, before the club was taken over in my meetings with Amanda and me and dad, um, you know, they've got a plan. Uh, they will have a strict budget, i.e. they'll a set amount that they'll want to spend each transfer window that was the original plan whether that's the same plan now who knows but that that's all i can really give as, a, as an honest appraisal that they it will be set up as a business it will be done properly um you know and despite the fact that we are on paper the richest club in the world um you know they won't go mad they won't go crazy they will stick to the game plan i think dan ashworth's a, a fantastic signing and um from my perspective yeah let's see what happens i agree i think we'll be working in the background and uh, we'll be uh, you know we'll be very active and, and we'll, we'll you know we will build the foundations on concrete uh, not on sand okay uh, let's get into the playing situation the player situation um I guess really uh, the one that we're all talking about, Joe, first of all, is, you know, Ekatika, Hugo, um, you know, this one, it's on, it's off. Uh, you know, my go-to um, is, you know, is Craig Hope on Twitter. I've got to be honest, I follow him quite, quite a lot. I know he's got a good relationship with the owners. I, I always feel with Craig Hope that, you know, if there's a story comes from Craig, UK based, it's going to be, it's going to have legs. Um, he has got things wrong, all journalists do. But this one seemed to be very positive at the start of the week. Um, after we'd done our first show, by midweek, there seemed to be a little, little less confidence. By the back end of the week, it seemed to be a bit more confident again. But, um, what, what's your take on that? Are you still confident we're going to get him across the line, Joe? Am I, uh, am I still all right to refer to him as Hugo? Is that all right? You can call him Hugo. I, I did laugh on the Amigo show on Friday. We all give it a go. I listened. Um, I listened. Yeah, it was. Jesus. <laughs> I think we're all more under pronunciation, haven't we? <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be like that uh, BBC One detective series. I think we'll all just call him H. I think we'll just call him H. But yeah, go, um, on, go on, Joe. Yeah, it was interesting, Steve. Exactly like you've said. I mean, we all got very, very excited this time last week, and then it was actually it might not be happening, and he doesn't fancy it. And and then the last we hear is that allegedly the deal is done. Um, you know, the, the the terms have been agreed. Um, we're hearing that there's a five year deal, uh, five year contract being signed. 
I was actually looking this week at the, um, looking a bit more at the stats of this lad and thinking, all right, so what are we actually getting for our money then? Um, we know he's 19 and we know he's very good. Um, but if you look at actually what he's been involved in, um, if you compare his stats as a teenager to every other teenager in Europe, he was just absolutely head and shoulders um, above anybody else. So lots and lots of excitement around this one. Um I think it's just getting to that point of, you know, it's that dreaded, do you remember for years, all we've heard is we couldn't get him over the line. We just couldn't get him over the line. Um, I hope that's not a phrase we'll ever hear again, um, uh, you know, at Newcastle United. So it'd be nice to think that if there's any truth whatsoever in the fact that this deal is done, um, it's all being agreed and signed. I'd like to see him with a white shirt on in that centre circle sooner rather than later. Um, you know, as Sean's just said, you know, people at the club will will be having a, a well-deserved break. So do we do we just do the deals, you know, in the dark and wait for Eddie to come back off holiday and Amanda and you know and and do it properly? Um, and I think signings of this magnitude would absolutely warrant us doing that. Um, so yeah, it'd just be nice for somebody to 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 put us out of our misery, really, because to sign a player of this caliber um, with the statistics that I've been reading is really really exciting. So fingers crossed. Uh, the info's right and the deal's done. Sean, I, I, I did catch up on your Twitter feed uh, today just beforehand. Just I remember you saying something about um, about Hugo and you know your your information was that the player didn't say no to the move. He just didn't want to move mid-season. But um, are you confident? Um, do you think do you think we'll see him in a black and white shirt? So there's a couple of pieces that really you know I'm kind of based on where my information came on the deal. I think it was mid-December. I was told that we were after. And I, I put out the tweet a few times. I didn't have the name. I wasn't being cryptic. It was a. I was kind of back and forth with another Twitter account, um, Newcastle fan, and it was like both of us. I got the same information that we're after one of the best young strikers in France. Didn't know the name. It was very much guessing, you know. And then it was about the 11th of, I think it was January that the news broke that it was Ekatika. Um and we were kind of understanding what the structure of the deal would look like and stuff like that. And then the, the deal came alive. Then again, the last week of the transfer window. So what I got then was that. In these small French clubs, the relationship between the president of a club and a player is almost like a father figure. You know, and Ekatika had given the go-ahead to the to the president of the club to actually negotiate with Newcastle that he would you know open to a move in January. He wanted a move in January. Um, there was just two things that I've got from that kind of in around the February market stuff like that from the same kind of person, um, kind of source based over France, really. And what he said is that there was a lot of confusion about who actually represented Ekatika. Right, was there was a family representing him? Was there an agent representing him? And a boy long to the wire on the last day of the, the transfer window, and they actually couldn't figure out who held the not the registration room, but who was actually owned them when it came to an agent thing. So I think the club allegedly, um, I don't know whether they negotiate with the wrong or the right people, but the last minute they couldn't turn around. So that's why the deal actually didn't go ahead in January. And I think about April. I think I put out a tweet saying that. There was um, everything is still in place. The structure of the deal is still in place for Ekatika. They just don't know whether it was going to be a loan to buy or is it going to be the, the 30 million, 35 million mark that they spoke about in January. So for me, they, unless somebody, unless another club comes in, which I've told there's there's no base interest in the price that Newcastle are looking at. And this deal gets done. He's, on the tool, he's at the Toulon tournament at the moment. And I think he's, um, I think that's finished up around the 13th or 14th. So look, I have no worries about the deal. The, the player himself wants it done. His club wanted done, and it's just about sorting out the agent fees now at the moment, which can always be a tricky side in football, and our owners won't be cash-shorted by agents. 
Yeah, well, that's a good thing, Joe. We're not going to get our pants pulled down. Uh, the definitely drive a hard bargain, uh, Amanda, Mia, Dad, and the rest of the crew at Newcastle. So, um, you know, you know, from from my perspective, I want owners who are going to be sensible, and, and we're not going to have uh, you know, conveyor belt of rejects from other clubs either, which is uh, something we can all be happy about. Luke Edwards, a lot of people talking about it in the chat, um, and this is somebody we spoke about last week, Dean Anderson. Um, you know, saying that that deal is now dead. Um, if it is dead, uh, would that disappoint you, Joe? Uh, I think in terms of the squad, Steve, we we talked last week, didn't we? We started off with. How do we actually make this squad? How do we make this team? But how do we make this squad better? How do you continue to slowly, slowly build and build and and and, and bring better players in? And for me, um, Henderson would represent a, a better player in the squad than the goalkeepers we've currently got. Um, would I be absolutely devastated though? Do I think it's an absolute priority position? Not necessarily. Um, I'd be much, much happier if we got you know, a, a, a centre-half, a, a left-back and a centre-forward, um, you know, and, and then worry about the goalkeeper. So I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. I would like to see him come because he's better than what we've got, as I say. But uh, yeah, but again, though, it's really interesting that, that everything up until that was pointing towards the fact that this was done and all we were waiting for was Manchester United to find a replacement. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's it, it's gone cold. So again, watch this space, I guess. John, what's your news on this one? Um, I do notice as well, you go like me, we've all got my favourite journalists. Um, I'm not one for uh, having a pop of journalists on here uh, either. So I've seen people in the chat, I do put them on screen. But, you know, for me, we've all got my go-to journalists. I mean, first of all, your views on Henderson and then do, do, is there a particular journalist, journalist you go to and go, yeah, well, he's pretty good. They, so on Henderson, I think they, they agreed with Henderson a couple of weeks back. You know, like it was... It's not hidden on anybody that he he travelled up and stuff. He held talks with the club. Um, he was allowed to do that by Manchester United, so everything was agreed with the player. But um, I think I put a tweet out afterwards. It was about a week, two weeks ago. And United are doing the same thing that they done in January when we were trying to discuss with Lingard and Henderson, asking for a little bit more, or can we have this, can we have that? Now they want the fee up front rather than a loan with a, an obligation to buy. You know, so I think this is one of these things. There'll be a case of brinksmanship. Newcastle might walk away from the deal. They know United's budget is low at the moment and they need money. You know, there'll be a couple of deals that they'll walk away from and go back to. They walked away from Botman and Carlos and they went back from in the last three days of the transfer window. You know, they are under absolutely no pressure to bring Henderson in at the moment. The pressure is on the Manchester United side to get money from. You know, so we'll walk away from this and there'll be new links to other goalkeepers. And I wouldn't be surprised if he came back to the table for Henderson, but we will only do deals on our price you know and that for Henderson what they want is I think they I think they would pay around 18 20 million up front from you know or else it'd be a loan with an obligation to buy um and that that's what they're looking at with a really you know and if and that's enough from you know he he got a chance in the Man United team and he wasn't great you know people will put up his best saves but you could put up your best saves of any goalkeeper you know like everybody has a highlight reel on YouTube but there's a lot of question marks about him still you know so for the 40 million on a loan obligation, absolutely crazy. There's way better goalkeepers out there. You know, um, is he still likely? Probably, yeah. You know, it's a it's, it's a negotiation between two clubs and Twitter now highlights all this, like, you know, so it's played out in public. Is the deal dead? It's not at the moment, but it's a case that the club might have walked away from it and they'll revisit it. Yeah, and that's the thing. You mentioned their social media. Um, you know, it plays its part, doesn't it, Joe? Agents can use social media to... Uh, 
to get a story to gain traction because they know fans will jump on it. And um, one that's really been, you know, high profile on our timeline is this man. And you love this photo because I've got him in the Newcastle strip already, of course, Botman, which uh, someone kindly shared on Twitter many times in January, but it, it didn't it didn't do us any favours. He didn't join. Um, it, it's a straight choice between Newcastle and Milan. Uh, the story circulating tonight on social media is that he may have chosen Milan, but there's no nothing concrete in this yet. And Again, you know, I still think we've got a chance of bringing Botman in. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. And, and you know, for me, this, as I said it last week, this is the number one target for me. This is the lad that I'd throw every egg in every basket to get. Um, the fact that you've just said there, my ears pricked up when you said it's a straight shootout between us and AC Milan. When was the last time that happened, you know? Um, so so I, I'd be doing everything. And I guess it depends, to, you know, does the lad want to walk into a ready-made, you know, Champions League setup, um, Or does he want to be part of the revolution and, and have to wait two or three years to kind of, you know, for that to bear fruit at Newcastle? Um, so, again, one of the things that you'd really, really hope... Um, you know, is that a decision is going to be made one way or the other, because what we don't want to do, you know, we are being linked with more and more centre-halves. Um, frighteningly, one of them's Tyrone Mings, which we might come on to in a bit. But, um, you know, the fact that Nathan Ake suddenly has appeared, um, you know, across the press, it starts to make me wonder that it was all about Sven Botman, and now all of a sudden it's Botman or Ake or Mings or whoever uh there he is um he looks a bit like rude hull up there actually and that's that's quite sexy, well, sexy, sexy football times, sexy times coming back um so so yeah um you know i would just hope and pray that he doesn't leave us or, or anybody else hanging around um you know much longer make a decision son come to newcastle and you won't regret it that they'd be my words to him so yeah. i i honestly think with batman the the club walked away from the deal you know, like okay. after January and everything fell through and, um, you know, you might have seen, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, I spoke a lot about uh, Elliot management and their links to AC Milan um, and their links to Lille, basically, and the, the Raphael Lowe deal and all this kind of stuff and how corrupt it was, you know, and over the last couple of months they've been investigating and stuff like that. When it, when Elliot management actually put um, AC Milan up for sale, it was Sven Bottom's agent approached the club. And asked him what interest with interest and you know so it wasn't us that came back to the table it was them that came back to the table so are they using us to to get ac milan to up their up their fee or wages or something like that maybe so but i think at the moment it's a straight shootout and the fact that we can say we're in a straight shootout with ac milan is huge Um i think for botman the, he's a fantastic player you know is he the best center back available to us i'm not convinced on that i think sven botman is a game changer because this is the one that they've wanted for a long long time even when they were just in talks about buying the club, you know, and they, they spoke with Nixon and stuff like that, Sven Bartman is the one that has agreement across the board. Every single one of them wants Sven Bartman. And to get him from AC Milan, that's why it's a game changer. As a player, um, I think there's centre-backs out there that have the potential to be just as good, if not better. You know, I worry about his turn of pace. He reads the game very well, but he's not the quickest centre-back. You know, and you, if you watch him this season, he didn't have a great season, but the season before, he was excellent. You know, he's in the under-21s for Holland. He's not in the first team. You know, and they don't have a great backline. I think if they don't end up to Botman, I think they'll probably turn to Ndika or um, even Badishil fairly quickly, you know, because I think Ndika is a quick deal they can do. They went to Frankfurt to watch him. You know, they've watched him a few times. Um, and I think he's in around the 18, 20 million mark. You know, so I don't think it's a case of, I, as I say to fans, don't get emotionally attached to a transfer target. 
you know, we're Newcastle United that finished mid-table. We're not a European club yet. We have all the money in the world, but we are feeding at the top table when we don't have a right to at the moment. You know, we're going for the Botmans and stuff like that, trying to get them from the top, top clubs that are winning Serie A's and going to the Champions League. Be patient with it. You know, they won't make mistakes in the transfer window. Look at January. You know, like Dan Byrne was the backup after they fell down about three or four places and he's been absolutely phenomenal. You know, so I think with Botman, if he chooses AC Milan, it's not the end of the world. If he comes to Newcastle, well and good, but I'm a massive fan of Evan Indica as well. With Nate Nake, I don't think there's much legs in it, being honest with you. I think it's um, an agent trying to sell a player and it's a loose link because of Eddie Howe. Um, mm. There's definitely not agreement across the board how likes him, but I don't think, I don't think the rest of the, the transfer committee are on board with him. Mm, interesting. £50 million, a lot of money as well for, for Nathan Ake. Hasn't played a great deal of football at Manchester City. Uh, it's another one to watch. It's another name in the pot. Um, and like we, we'll get sick of saying that throughout the summer, but isn't it great just to be linked with these players? OK, the, the, the big talking point over the weekend, um, of course, was Wales qualifying uh, for the World Cup. Um, I think a lot of us were thinking about Gary Speed uh, in particular when uh, Wales... Uh, qualified and um, you know it was nice to hear the the commentators Joe paying paying the tributes to Gary Speed as the man who kickstarted all of this off you know and he was it was his dream you know to 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 get Wales to a, a World Cup final again um, the man who got them there um, although you know he played his part in the team was Gareth Bale and uh, this is an interesting one this is a link uh, that Newcastle have had in the past um, we've yeah. talked you know on all the shows across this platform about a potential marquee signing. I know Mitch and um, Stu Penman and, and uh, Alwaleed in particular have said that, you know, when they get the feet under the table, PIF would certainly like a marquee signing, somebody that would come in who would be a big name, who would attract other players, and who ultimately would, would help sell shirts and bring some money back in that way. And um, Gareth Bale would tick all those boxes. Um, when he was at Tottenham, he was... Uh, you know, he was used really as a as a substitute, a, a bit part player, but still managed to get ten goals. And um, you know, we aren't big enough to say no to Gareth Bale. It's whether you know whether he would come, whether you think it's viable. Um, you know, we've heard that potentially the club may well have had talks with him. Um, what's your view on Gareth Bale? Would you uh, would you like to see him come? Yeah, I, it's, I think in a word, Steve, yeah, I would. I'd, I'd sign him. Um, I think if you're thinking about quality, if you're thinking about statements, if you're thinking about someone that, yes, is going to cost us a canny, a canny bob um, in wages, but he's a free agent now, you know, he's he's, he's walked away from, from Madrid. He's got fitness to gain uh, because Wales have now, you know, they, they're going to Qatar in, 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 in the winter. So um, would he come here and do a job for us? You know, would he enhance, as I keep saying, would he enhance the squad? It'd be nice to look down and, and you know, um, you know, instead of looking at Dwight Gale to come off the bench, you're now looking at players like Gareth Bale to come off the bench. All of a sudden, again, you're taking that next step forward. Would we have to be creative in some sort of, Pays you, pays you play deal. Um, I'm sure it wouldn't be as straightforward as bringing him in and saying there's 250 grand a week and, you know, upskittling the wage structure and what have you. Would he come? Um, I don't know. There's 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 rumour abound that um he's in that, that Cardiff City might be interested in him. Uh, you know, would he would he would he stay in Wales and 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 stay at home? Is he good enough to go to any of the other top sides? Um, or is Newcastle kind of the level now? Um you know that that would be there to be seen, but for me, you know the deliveries are still there. He probably hasn't got the legs to last ninety minutes. Would we need him to come and do that? Probably not. 
if we can get players like Diaby in the side or, or Hugo, for example, you know, um, they've got the legs. Bale could just come on, do his magic. We've been crying out for seasons now for, for me, for someone to be able to, 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 to hit a dead ball and deliver a dead ball with quality. And this lad would tick all the boxes. He absolutely would sell shirts that, you know, kids would get would get the name on the back. Um, and I think he'd be a fantastic asset. So lots of hurdles, lots of ifs, buts and maybes. But for me, I'd bring him in. Okay, Sean. The million-dollar question to you is: Your contact, uh, Gareth Bale, is this um, is this viable? Is this something that that is picking up pace, or is this something that really is just you know fantasy fantasy island for Newcastle fans? No, I think it's absolutely does legs in it. You know, I, I tweeted a while back. I said um, it was an um, interesting guest in the crowd, and I told his agent was at the was at one of the games. You know, after wasn't kind of fired up from it. I saw that the club were in talks room. They held talks with the agent. They, they talked about a structure of a deal. And kind of back then, what I got was that it's if Wales qualify, if Wales don't qualify, you know, he'd go to a Cardiff. If Wales qualify for the World Cup, he will look at coming to somebody like a Newcastle and playing a higher level of football to keep himself at that level. I think with Gareth Bale, there's this common misconception with players like Gareth Bale and stuff like that because they went to Real Madrid and they're on big money that they're a bad attitude. You know, they, I read an article recently about um, Mourinho when he was at Spurs and they said that, um, I think it was Mourinho, they, they said that in, at Spurs, he was the leader in the dressing room. He was absolutely incredible, the most don't or man you'd ever come across. You know, so I think I think what they're getting as well is that he'd be a very positive impact on the dressing room. You know, it's a player that's been there, that's done it all. You know, having these players in the dressing room is a good thing when they when they have something like Gareth Bale to bring. I honestly think, um, I've heard as well that he was, he was around as well last week up around the club and stuff like that like you know so is it true or not let's see what comes out in the wash but um i 100 think there's uh there's legs in the gap early if it's a pay as you play and he's a player that's looking for fitness before world cup i think it's an absolute no-brainer yeah i'd agree lads I, I personally would love to see gareth bale in the newcastle shirt um, on a pay as you play deal i think um i think that's the kind of player we need it, it, it would you know imagine imagine you know just you know, being able to bring him on, you know, last 20 minutes in a game, it would, it would be fantastic. It's something we've not been able to, you know, to dream of, but now we've got that opportunity. Okay, quick uh, ad break, uh, as always, at this time in the show. Big thank you to Spider Miner worldwide coverage from the lads. It's the only cryptocurrency miner that can mine five different cryptocurrencies at the same time whilst using virtually no energy and it's VPN protected by yours now at www minor.spidervpn.org thanks to the lads at skipsandbins.com telephone 0800 25 45 25 3 email inquiries at com. website www.skipsandbins.com easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection thanks to lng family funeral directors 01913897245 and the garden of healing dispensary cbd hemp and cannabinoid specialists www.thegohd.com thanks to qtechshop.co.uk the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in walls and newcastle and the guys who run our website nufcmatters.com and thanks to Kai, meet the new game over screen drop into a clear run device near you available on apple store google play and clearrun.game thanks to media arts for all the help with the video side of things if you want to subscribe hit the newcastle legends logo in the bottom right hand corner and you can subscribe for free hit the thumb up to like the video click share share your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded newcastle fans we're also available as a podcast on itunes spotify and the rest usually goes up 24 hours after the show has been released if you want to become a member click join below or put your phone over the qr code and you can go straight to the membership pack side things uh, which is slightly more expensive, but you do get a cup, a pen, a scarf, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. And the monthly draw this month is a season ticket, 
or the financial equivalent, which is a thousand pounds. So well worth entering. If you're a subscriber, don't forget to email John at nufcmatters.com and you will get your free car sticker. And we support the food bank on here. Nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. The match day bucket is virtual and it is available 365 days of the year. And with no games on, it's vital that they continue to get funds. So please make a donation. Uh, our end of season due is quickly coming upon us. Friday, the 24th of June. Uh, entry only tickets are £12, VIP 15 at Shearer's Bar for an evening with Mick Lowe's and Andy Griffin. Uh, get yourself to nufcmatters.com to buy your tickets for that. And we've only got 16 tickets left for the Shearer Bowl. Uh, do not miss out. It's drawn on Friday. Uh, go, go to nufcmatters.com and uh, get your ticket today. And they are very, very nice. Okay, uh, back with the players. We've covered Bale. Uh, let's move on to this guy. Um, now, this is this is an interesting one because I've seen you've been giving this a little bit of uh, coverage, Sean. Uh, so we'll start with you uh, just to see what you know before I come to Joe on this one. Um, somebody who's you know done quite well um, at Watford, uh, Ismailia Saar. Um, you uh, put a thing out, uh, retweeted something by Jacques Talbot, uh, one of the uh, one of the journalists that you clearly follow. I'm going to give him a follow myself, uh, saying that representatives have met with a club in London. So any more news on this one? Yeah, so just on Jack, um, I suppose, to start off, excellent journalist, uh, really nice guy. I, kinda, I followed his pieces for a while and he gets the drop on a lot of things, you know, like like Lodi and Sarno and a few others, you know. Um, but with it, with Sarno, so I knew they met with him um, a couple of weeks back. They met with his agency about a couple of players, you know, but he was fairly prominent in the discussions. And I think he's not a, he's not a key target. But what people have to remember as well is that we could potentially lose Jacob Murphy um, Matt Ritchie and Miguel Almiron so they're going to look at players like Sarah as well you know I did get told about a week ago that the link had gone cold because uh, I don't know if he's seen or not but um, there was a there was a bit of outrage there with um, Gawaii there that plays with uh, PSG but now wearing the LGBTQ um, shirt for PSG so Sarah actually liked the photograph um, and showed support to him um, and Wofford want him out the door as soon as possible you know the I think he's. I think the, his club and his agent are now trying to push a move as much as possible. His valuation has dropped a bit as well. Are the club going to be interested in with that kind of controversy and with already the stigma with our owners and stuff like that? Like you know, PIF. I honestly don't know. You know, I know the club were definitely interested in him. I was told the link went call last week with all this nonsense. It's not something that they want. And there's a level of player there that they can they can bring in that they don't have to kind of sacrifice an image on him. You know, and um, but incredibly talented player when his head is in it like yeah i've got to be honest for, for exactly the reasons that you have stipulated there i would say this was a non-starter joe if it was a starter what would your view be on him coming to newcastle <sighs> talented yes I, I completely agree with sean there do you see it enough no um with the greatest of respect to watford they were awful. Um, so if you're remotely talented, I guess you're going to stand out and you're going to get some headlines on match of the day, uh, some highlights. So, yeah, I, is that the market that we're in? Should we be looking at players who, who've just been relegated in a side that have gone down in a you know in a whimper? Um, I'm not entirely sure, Stephen. I think one of the one of the interesting bits for me was we were actually talking about um, Musa Diaby 
And it was all about Diaby coming in. Quotes come out that they, that Leverkusen are wanting £55 million for him. And all of a sudden now we've gone to Watford and looked at Sa. So I hope Sean's right. I hope it's just some agents using us to get the ladder uh, uh, an imminent move. Um, he might have been on our list had we not have had a takeover. That might have been the type of player that we're looking at. Um, he might have been on our list had we have been relegated. That's not happening now, so um, not for me, no. They, I think um, with that as well, I suppose, well, Ron Diaby might as well stay on it. They, kind of, last week, I was told that the, the club were going to formalise a bit for Diaby, you know, in around, and they're counted with around the 50 mil mark on him. In January, they were quoted in around the 70s on him. This is a player that um, Nixon has watched for a long, long time. I think he actually watched him even when he was at PSG before he went to Leverkusen, and he just wasn't given the support by Ashley to take him. Um, look how clubs and agents use media it, it's frustrating for fans but I think the week of making a move for Diaby and reports come out that oh the fee is too high we're going to look at Sarah it's a bit of brinksmanship you know mm. and unfortunately this is played out on social media now like you know which it's not good for the fans but look Diaby is the number one target um, when it comes to a right-sided attacker are we in a rush to push the deal from no the player himself is very interested in move to PSG and I don't think he's going to get that Outside of that, I don't think any other club actually has the money and, and wants him enough, you know, to, to pay that 55 from. So this is something that for Newcastle fans, don't get attached to it and put it on the back burner. And I think I think being honest with you, I think it's a deal that actually can happen at the 55 million. I think the club are comfortable with that. But it's not something that they're going to push through and panic on. It's a long window, you know. Mm. Diaby, I think, is one of the fans' favourites, isn't he, Joe? A lot of people hoping that he could, you know, sign on the dotted line. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure whether that one is is viable, like, uh, but you, but you never know. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, at, at 55 million pound, but then again, I didn't think we'd spend 40 million pound on a on a footballer, and we did. Um, you know, we're hitting the 30 million pound mark. Some of these lads that were being linked with, so. I guess for me, it all boils back down to where's the priorities? What's the transfer budget? Is this someone that's within that blueprint and within that budget? Or is this the type of player that that, that um, the owners are saying that, you know, if the right guy comes along, irregardless of how much we've set aside for the transfer window, we'll spend on top to, to get these top players. And this lad, as Sean said, is absolutely a top player. Um, and to think of having him on one side and, and if Maximin fancies it on the other side and uh, and at the key day up front, um, I think we'll... Hugo. We, Hugo, thanks, Sean. I mean, it was close, though, wasn't it? You knew what I meant. You're getting um, there, you're getting there. Thanks, mate. Um, so, yeah, to, to suddenly start thinking about the pace and the skill and the flair, I'm starting to get excited about 1996 again. Um, See, so... I think it's Hopefully. worth pointing out as well. You know, people are talking about big investment in a striker and stuff like that. Two of the top ten top goal scorers in the Premier League this season are strikers. You know, goals come from the wings now, you know, interchangeable yeah. wingers and stuff like that. The the big teams, that's what they do. They bring their wingers in. So I think the I think the the biggest portion of investment will come from will come in wingers. And that's been honest, I think we'll go for two. Um Dwight McNeil is another one that's been uh, that I've been told about, and I know Lukla relegated at Burnley, but the club have watched him for a long time, even back from the Rafa days. Rafa was a huge fan of his, like you know. Um, and I think you know, you get Murphy out, you get Matt Ritchie out, you get uh, Almiron out, 
And I think there's a good deal there to be done from you look at his dribbling stats and stuff like that at a, a club like Burnley, they're fantastic. You know, um, I'm not against uh, signing players that are on relegated teams. You know, I take Joe Pedro and I take uh, Dwight McNeil and Harpy, you know, because it's just where we are as well. Like, you know, we're knocking on the door for top six, you know, so and we need to be realistic as well. Like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we've got to we've got to take that into consideration one hundred percent. That we're we can't offer European football. We have to we have to hope that we've got people like Bruno and uh, you know and Trippier, you know, who are willing to take that jump. You know, so from my perspective, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Just want to ask you, Sean, about this one. Um, one that I saw you talk about unloaded, uh, Nicola Zaniola, um, Newcastle apparently putting in a, a transfer like a, a bid for him, put an offering for him, which was rejected. Is that something that's you know potentially still on the horizon, Sean? Is that something that you know that Newcastle might go back in for, or is that over now? I, look, I I think um, I think they've hit a brick wall really with a couple of Italian players. Um, I, I actually have a very good contact um, in Italian football. I know it sounds strange for an Irish man, like, but uh, I think the lads from Lord would would back it up as well. Um, but with with him, um, they wanted a loan to buy because he's after doing both ACLs in the last two years. Incredibly talented player, but he's definitely one that you want to test drive first. He won't, uh, he won't sign on at Roma. Um, he's highly rated, but they want to cash in on no well. There's two years left on his deal. I don't think they'll go back to the table flip because the player was a flat down no. Um, just to the Premier League in general, he wants to stay in Italy. And uh, I think you can kind of round the circle as well on that with uh, Shamaka as well from uh, Sassuolo. The the club had looked at him as well with um, maybe a loan to buy or buying him, but um, I don't think he wants to leave Italy. Now, he's an interesting character. If, you're, if you have five or ten minutes, read into his family history and stuff like that. Absolutely crazy. But um, I think there are two deals that I spoke were fairly strong and loaded the last time that um, I don't think that they'll they'll go any further with. They hit the brick wall. Yeah, Joe, it's not one I was you know privy to until I saw Sean talking about it unloaded, to be honest. Yeah, same for me, Steve. Um, it's the first time I've actually heard his name, um, you know, until until Sean had mentioned it. I think, again, you know, do you leave clubs like Roma to come to Newcastle? We were talking about Sven Botman there and, you know, the the, the dilemma between Tyneside and Milan. Um, you know, if these guys are wanting to stay where they are, they'll get a move within their own country or they'll get more wages at the club that they're at. Um, is it necessarily a bad thing? Um, you know, if, 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 if we are going to get used for players to kind of negotiate new deals or, or get a bit more money out of, you know, a move, um, arguably not the type of people that we want at Newcastle anyway. So unfortunately for these guys, if they're wanting to stay in Serie A, they can stay in Serie A. I suppose they, while we're touching on that, while we're in our top most Serie A, I know it's um, Aaron Hickey. Um, he's definitely wanted to keep an eye on. Um, I think it was a Davey there that worked. That's um, Pete with a loaded. I actually, I sent him a message back end of December, start of January. I was like, keep an eye on Aaron Hickey. You know, they, it was when we were linked with uh, Luca Dean. Um, I was told that Luca Dean was a non-starter. The the owners touched base with um, let's say a friend that uh, that worked with Luca Dean and his uh, his personality didn't check out at all. So they moved on from him fairly quick. But they looked at Aaron Hickey in January. They're going to keep an eye on him in the summer. Realistically, if if he could stay in Italy for another year, they prefer that and then move from next year, um, because he'd be he'd be a guaranteed starter there. And I think they see him long term as somebody that would replace Trippier. Okay, uh, we've got 15 minutes left. We'll try and get through a few some of these questions that I've highlighted. Um, I know Sean's probably going to get the majority of these. Just your opinion, uh, Sean, on, on a couple of these sponsor updates. Um, like like we've said on uh, you know Friday night show, just be patient. It's 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 imminent, but be patient. I guess you know you haven't heard anything on that on that front. No, the, all I got recently was that um, it was funny. Eight for staying. The the buyout of the contract wasn't feasible. Um, 
I was told that there's other sponsors as well that are going to come in, the likes of uh, Saudi Air and uh, another couple there. I listed them the other day. How they're going to be implemented, I don't know. Yeah, Joe, it's not something really for me that I, I, you know, I'm too concerned about. It'll happen when it happens. No, I'm not, Stephen. Uh, you know, and I think I think arguably, as long as the money's right and as long as it puts us on sponsorship levels with your Arsenal's and your Manchester Cities and your Manchester United to this world. You know, we could be sponsored by anyone as, as far as I'm concerned. Interesting, though, that if it's going to be Saudi golf and we sign Gareth Bale, we might not actually get him on the pitch because he'd be busy elsewhere, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, Roger Cook just says Cork, Sean. Maybe he's asking yeah. where you live. That's where I'm from. There we go. There you are, Roger, on the boat. See, Roger Cook, he was an investigative journalist back in the 80s. He used to knock on the door with a microphone and track down villains. Uh, I'm not sure it's the same Roger Cook, mind. Um, David Cook says, Look like, looks like Nunes will be out with questions. So who is the most likely number nine starter, Joe, in your mind? Uh, well, at the moment, you've got to say Callum Wilson, if we can get him fit. And, you know, the, the, the lad's a good player and he scores goals. So, um, and he's keeping the number nine shape. That's the biggest question mark, isn't it? Can we keep him fit? And listen, you know, look what happened in '96. We had a, we had the best striker in England, and then we bought the next best striker in England, and he and he took the shirt off him. Um, so I, I don't know, Steve. I think if you're talking about marquee signings, we were talking about people like Lewandowski last week, for example. I'm sure if players like that come in, he'll get the number nine shirt if he wants it, I'm sure. Um, but at the moment, you know, and it's interesting what, what Sean was talking about. We talk a lot about number nines and we talk a lot about having a figurehead up front. Um, it's not the modern way of doing it. I think we touched last week. Manchester City don't own a centre forward that I'm aware of. Um, interesting that we're looking at these wingers and, and as Sean said, coming in and getting goals from, from the flanks. So will we go for a number nine? I don't know. But for me, as we sit here now, it'll be Callum Wilson. Yeah, Esh uh, says, I've heard that Lucas Paqueta has a buyout clause. Is this right and fallen angel? Sean says, hi, lads. Uh, has Sean heard that Paqueta has a 25% clause in his contract that is owned to AC Milan if he is sold? And we don't want to activate that whilst we are waiting on Botman's decision. That's look, that's nonsense. The financial transactions don't go across like that, that they're holding out on this because of that. There's a 15% sell-on that AC Milan holds. So... What you have to remember with Lucas Paqueta is Lucas Paqueta went to AC Milan. His stock was high. He absolutely flopped. They couldn't get somebody to take him. Leon took him. I think it was around 20 million. There was a 15% sell-on. Um, he's, uh, he's flying now at the moment with, uh, with Leon. There is no bio clause in his contract. Not this summer, definitely. But the, I have somebody, at the, somebody that has good ties to the club telling me that it's a done deal. Right? The same person that told me about Bruno Guimaraes. And I had the drop on Bruno Guimaraes. I think it would have been late December, early January, I sent Ranta Martin from a uh, loaded to keep an eye on his deal for late in the window. He said to me, he said, with Leon at the moment, right, they have 13 first-team players that are out of contract between this summer and next summer, right? Dembele, um, Owar, and um, Churchich, I think it is, is the, the striker. The three of them won't sign contracts and they need to cash in on him this summer. Selling Lucas Paqueta at 50 million is not a viable option. They want to hold on to him. Jimmy, so they think that they can get a lot more than that from I don't think Leon want to sell him this summer. Does the player want to come? Absolutely. You know, was there talks between the club? Yeah. Can I see it happening? They're not going to put that financial outlay on an attack midfielder, especially when you have somebody like Christian Eriksen that's waiting to probably sign on the dotted line, you know? Mm, Mad Mag Mark saying, what do you think the figure would be to bring him here? I mean, it's going to take up the majority of your alleged transfer budget, isn't it, really? It's, it's, not, it's not something that we need to do. 
Yeah. You know, they, I think Eddie Howe, you know, and like what I've got from people in around the club, as I said, I don't have contacts at the club. I taught people that have contacts. Um, and they said that Howe really wants to push Bruno Guimaraes high up the pitch. And I think watch out for Jack Tablet, the Tabot, whatever his name is, the, that journalist that we spoke about earlier. He has a very exciting um, exclusive, I'd say, either tonight or tomorrow. And it's a player that I've heard a few times. Um, he was very closely watched by Manchester United when... Um, when uh, Ragnac was there, and it's def, I think it could definitely be a goal in the midfield position. So watch out for his exclusive that drops. I'm not going to say it no because um, it's information that he's backing up. So keep an eye on his uh, stuff for tomorrow. Yeah, Oli Colnes is on to that already. He must follow you on Twitter, and uh, he says, yeah, that uh, it's a centre midfielder. I believe that Jack is going to break the story. Uh, any idea who he is? Well, there you go. Excellent. There's your answer. Exactly. There is your answer. Uh, follow Jack. Uh, he is on uh, Twitter. Go to Sean's, uh, Sean's Twitter account and you'll be able to find out exactly uh, who that is. Okay, Mark Lines talks about somebody, Joe, that we were speaking about last week. He says, I also thought Jesse Lingard would have been a great sign for Newcastle United. He's a decent player. He's got great work rate. Would have been a fan favourite. I mean, we did speak about this last week. Um I, I still, I'd still quite happily take him. I, I know I'm not one for rejects and people who leave, but I, I still think he's got a lot to offer. I'm not 100 percent sure that in me blood now. I don't think this is going to go through. But yeah, I mean, you know, still plenty of people talking about Jesse Lingard, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean, can I just check? It's definitely not Jack Colback, is it? <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> Sleep, we have a buyback. We have a buyback, do we? <laughs> I'll sleep today. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, Lingard. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we said last week, Steve. He's a quality footballer. You know, he he was on loan at West Ham and he looked absolutely unplayable. Um, you know, in in some of the games. Um, but again, you know, is it him? Is it Diaby? Is it Parketta? Is it and uh, where would he play? You know, uh, if we're going to keep the formation that we've got. Where does Lingard fit into that? Um, you know, so again, I, I don't. I don't see him in a Newcastle shirt. I'll be honest. I, I, I just don't see where he'd fit in. Um, and again, that's a really strange thing to say because he's a, he's a fantastic footballer. Um, I still personally think he'll end up back at West Ham. I, I think I've always I've always thought that um, myself. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm not sure I would. And and this whole thing about the dressing room, you hear quite a, you know, putting Jesse Lingard, uh, uh, you know, down the quayside on a Saturday night. We might be asking for it. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I think I'd leave him alone. And particularly when you think about the the, the wages that he would that he would command as well, um, I, I'd be putting it somewhere else personally. Sean, uh, friendships go a long way in football. He's good pals with Kieran Trippier. Um, is, is is that going to be something which you know could persuade Jesse Lingard to come to Newcastle? Are the club still interested from your contacts? I don't think so. You know, uh, at the end of the day, would you bring Jesse Lingard in and pay him more than Bruno Gomez, uh, Maxim, and Joe Ellington? These type of players, you know, and like you've seen there a couple of weeks back, he was leaking information to Paul Squaws in the dressing room and stuff like that. That's not the kind of player you want, you know. Um, for me, I just don't. I don't like him as a player. I think Joe Willock has, has better potential. If you're going to give, Joe, if you're going to invest in someone, invest the time in Willock to bring him onto a level. That's better than Lingard. Lingard, if he wants that much money, he's just looking for cash and nothing else. You know, I think he'll end up at West Ham. You know, it's, it's a no for me. I heard rumours about this guy as well, potentially coming in for talks. Is, is any legs in that, Sean? Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, so they, I think um, I think Arsenal and Newcastle are very keen on him. You know, if Arsenal especially, and the, the deal they thought would have been around 35 million. You know, but I think the, that's pushed up around to the 50 mark now, and the club are very interested in him. 
you know um is it across the board yes no i think it's a uh, i think he kind of divides opinion with a couple um but look it's definitely somebody if the deal is right and i think everton are going to have to get something you know get some money back in the back in the bank because they're going to look through their accounts they can't ignore it you know i think they might give uh, keep patterson a ring there and <laughs> he might help him out uh, but there's definitely fucking there's definitely something there you know there with with dcl and nunes as well you know i was told that if nunes became available for what the club rate him at you know they do the deal but massive question marks over his knees as well like you know his injury record isn't great there's um there's documents gone missing um from uh, nunes when he his career nearly ended when he was about 17 18 um with a with a knee injury so that's why a lot of clubs aren't moving on him yet okay yeah i mean look for me joe again we need a striker we need, i think premier league striker is 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 the best way forward and you know 50 million wouldn't put me off I, you've just got to learn to play to his strengths and i think that's what everton didn't do i know they had a succession of managers and bad decisions yeah. you know behind the scenes from their owners and um you know calvert lewin obviously got injured as well uh, you know a fully fit calvert lewin firing at all cylinders with bruno and and others creating the ammo for him i think that could be an exciting an exciting signing yeah again steve i mean you know you're talking about the budget and as sean said there you know if it's right that, that you're looking at 50 million quid for him um you know that that seems a bit extreme however what is the going rate for an england international premier league proven center forward i guess um so yeah would you have the calvert lewin of two seasons ago absolutely would you have the calvert lewin that was blighted by injuries and and couldn't hit the barn door last season absolutely not um I totally agree with Sean. I think, um, and uh, you know, something that that we'll touch on, I'm sure, about players going out. Everton is an absolute car crash of a football club when it comes to its finances. They've now got a new stadium that they need to pay for, uh, and, and is the sale of Calvert Lewin and and you know Richardson and and people like that one of the ways that they're going to do it? Listen, you know, are we in a position when when you look when you think about the strikers that we've got? You know, we talked about Chris Wood last week, so. If it's not a fit Wilson, it's Chris Wood. If it's not Chris Wood, it's Dwight Gale. So when you think about Calvin Lewin, Calvin Lewin in that context, yes, of course you'd add him to your squad. Of course you would. Um, but who else is out there? And if it was a toss-up between spending 50 million on him or 65 million on Nunes, I, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it'd be Nunes all day long for me. So we'll see. I'd take yeah. Ivan Tony, to be honest. You would? I know. I, I've... Ivan Tony is a is a fantastic footballer. Um, when he drops off the front there, his link up play, unbelievable, you know, and he absolutely bullies centre backs. When he played against the top centre backs in the Premier League, he gave him he gave him a run around at Chelsea against Liverpool and Arsenal. He absolutely terrorised them. I think he's a far better player than Cavalier. Mm, okay, um, I get abu- I get abuse about that. Yeah, I yeah, can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it would. You're not getting any abuse off me as long as you don't say Mitrovic. Um, <laughs> I, I could never have him back. Any news on a potential bid for Christian Eriksen? Says Neil Calvert. Again, it's another one that's got legs, Sean. Yeah. So the look, it's somebody gave me the information, and if it comes through, I'll tag him in it. Um, but uh, Eriksen was on Tyneside. His age was on Tyneside. The hell talks. They negotiate about a contract that's on the table. I think he wants to sit back and see how our transfer window looks to see if we're actually going to be competitive before he makes a decision on it. You know, he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of options, but um, there's definitely been talks there. And glory on Matt Target. Um, with Matt Target, the I actually 
couple of months back, I put out a tweet saying never fall in love with a loan player. Um, because I just didn't think the target deal was going to happen. I got a couple of whispers about stuff, and it was um an Everton account. It was he had, he had about twenty odd thousand followers, and or an Aston Villa account. He was like, it's not happening. So I DM'd him. I was like, what makes you so confident? And he said that um, he said that Matt Target didn't really want to move to the northeast in the first place. Um, he wants to go closer to home, and uh, he said, look, likely that he go to a Brighton or a Fulham. And I just kind of took with a pinch of salt. But he also told me a couple of weeks afterwards when I tweeted about Carlos, he was like. Carlos will be an Aston Villa player about four weeks before anybody had a whisper about it. So I'm kind of thinking maybe there is something to it. Like, so from the club side with a target, I don't know, but this fella seems to be fairly on the button. You know, he hit the nail in the head with a couple of things and he thinks that target absolutely wants to move closer to home and he won't be a Newcastle player. Mm, sure. Sure. that's good insight. Joe, your views on, on that. We talked about it last week. Um, you know, and, and I think that will be, if that target deal is going to go through, I think that'll be the first deal that goes through. And I think it'll go through very quickly. I think if, um, if there's, if there's nothing, if there's no movement, this is only my opinion. If there's no movement in that in the first week of the transfer window opening, I think that's dead in the water. Yeah, I think you're right, Steve. It, it's the quick win, isn't it? It's, it's the easy deal to do. Um, but it's interesting, the question, Lordy versus Target. Yes, Target has been brilliant. He's been, uh, and, and actually, dare I say, better than we than I thought he was going to be. Um, 15 million looks a reasonable amount of money for, for a, solid, um, a solid player who's done a job for us. But it's like I said last week about Ren and Lordy. Um, yes, he might cost twice as much as that. The question for me is, are you getting twice as much football? Are you getting, you know, you, this lad's a, a, a Brazilian international, um, you know, Champions League experience with with Atletico. Um, Compliment, I'm sure him and Kieran Trippier would look fantastic on either flank. Um, so if we've got the money and left back is a priority, it wouldn't be my target for me, given the choice of those two. I think okay. with, um, with Lauded, or with, with Lordy. I think it's very much a deal that, the, again, you know, I'm repeating myself that the club will do at their price. Um, it's been pushed by the agent. And I think um, Eddie Howe actually worked with him when he was, uh, when he was over watching um, Atletico Madrid. Um, so he, he was on the training ground with Simeone and stuff like that. So he knows the player. Um, I think it's, it's a deal that we'll do at our price. If not, we move on his agent is pushing it. But um, I definitely keep an eye on Zinchenko as well for uh, Man City. He's very, very, very highly, highly regarded at the club. Gleason, Gleason Bremer, Sean, is that a name you've heard? Yeah, but he's an Inter Milan player, right? So, okay, you know, he, he's not, we're not going to get him. Simple, simple answer to that question there. And last, last ones from Sean. He says thoughts on Harrison and McNeil rumor. I think that I think um, Harrison is a no. I think his agent is trying to push it. Um, McNeil, McNeil, there's definitely something in it. You know, just to kind of round down on wingers. I think if we do sell Sam Maximin, I think they'll move for Paqueta. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, Michael Gilchrist, he's been quite persistent asking his question, and I know Joe touched on it a little bit earlier. So before we finish, outgoings, Joe, um, thoughts on outgoings? ESM, Sean's just touched on him. We'll come to him on that in a second. But outgoings, who do you expect to see when the window opens, um, you know, at the end of the week? Who do you see? Who do you expect to go out rather quickly? I think... Um... I think for me, Steve, uh, you know, I, I would I would be looking at uh, you know that whole fringe uh, that those those players. So your Dwight Gales, um, I talked about Chris Wood. Uh, is John Joe Shelby particularly? Think of the conversation we've had last week and the conversation we've had with Sean tonight. If you're looking at the caliber of these footballers, you've really got to go through that squad and think, you know, 
Um, is, is there a place for John Joe Shelby if we were to sign, you know, Paqueta et al? Um, is there a place for kind of um, Jacob Murphy if we're bringing Gareth Bale in or, or, or Diaby? So I probably I'd need a bit longer. I've got a list, I think, of about 10, Steve. Um, you know, Yakiran Clarks of this world, Jamal Lascelles can go. He's for gone. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Darlo, Gillespie, there's a squad full of players who, in my humble opinion, um, uh, you know, with respect to them, are not good enough for for, for, for this Newcastle United. So um, I'll probably need another half an hour on the outgoing. Yeah, you've only got 10. Keith Patterson had 16 on, uh, on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Go on, Sean. One thing, one thing no I will one. say is, you know, I think keeping Newcastle in the Premier League was one job for Eddie Howe. I think Eddie Howe's biggest job is managing the dressing room now because that dressing room is rock solid and he's now replacing it you know so something that i got was that eddie howe wants to focus he's, he's taking a step back from transfers but when he can and if we can he wants players that have links to the dressing room you know whether mm -hmm. they played together before or they know so that they can blend in easier you know like i know i critique it won't but like i think he'll go for i think they i think trying to keep that dressing room and to keep that spirit there is going to be an incredibly tough task next year yeah, great stuff. Uh, that is the hour uh, completed. Uh, Sean, you've been a wonderful guest. Where can people find you on Twitter? They don't need to. They'd probably be better off not, you know, because look, as I said, I like to have a bit of fun with Twitter at times, you know, the Chris Wood meow story and stuff like that. Like, so look, if if you want to enjoy Twitter and take everything with a pinch of salt, it's uh, at CaseySean51. If not, don't bother. Look, it doesn't bother me. I'm not emotionally attached to social media, so just pass me on. Yeah, and Joe, as always, great to have you uh, alongside us on the transfer show. Big thank you to the moderators. Big thank you to all the people in the chat over. Just short of 800 watching live tonight, which is uh, great figures wow. again uh, for the transfer show. As you say, it's all our opinions. Nothing gospel on here. Uh, sometimes we'll be right. Sometimes we will be wrong. But it's all about the debate. And it's a healthy debate nowadays. Uh, it shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be full of toxicity. Our timeline, it should be joy and uh, celebration as uh, each week goes by. But listen, Sean, you've been a great guest. Hopefully you'll come back on. Please subscribe to Loaded. It's where I found Sean's content and, and enjoyed Sean's content. And give give the lads over there um, a follow as well and a subscription. And don't forget, if you're a new visitor to the channel, click subscribe. Um, and it's, it's free. We still do seven shows a week. But lads, been a pleasure. Have a good night, whatever you're doing. And hopefully catch up with you again soon, Sean. Joe, see you Cheers. next week. Thanks, lads. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.